What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Sunday morning online Water's Edge worship experience. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you that continue to share these links with your friends and family, thank you so much for doing that. We hope it helps them out. We hope it helps you out. We have people tuning in from all over the states, but also people from out of the country are tuning in also just to watch our online services. So thank you so much for sharing these services with our friends and family and the people that you love. For those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. This past week when the cold front moved in and it was just freezing outside, Miss Kelly and her team were able to put the homeless community in 89 hotel rooms, 89 different hotel rooms we were able to put people up in housing who didn't have a place to stay during the freezing weather. Thank you so much for that. That is all because of your generosity. In a couple of weeks, we'll have another food pantry and we expect to feed between 800 to 1500 people. That'll all be made possible because of your generosity. So thank you so much for doing that. Today, we finally finish up with our New Year's series entitled Rivals. How to make sure your wants and your values are aligned with each other. How to make sure that you're living a life where your choices are directed by your wants and your values being the same thing. They're being aligned so they're not at odds with each other, so they're not rivals with each other. Because think about this. Think about all the times in your life when what you wanted right now could have absolutely been the worst thing for you. You wanted this thing. You wanted this person. You wanted this opportunity. You wanted it right now, but later on down the road, it ended up becoming something that was absolutely awful for you. It brought chaos to your life. Sometimes what we want right now, we know deep down can absolutely be the worst thing for us. And so we have to make sure that we live a life where our wants and our values are aligned. And some people today who are listening to this, who are tuning in online, wonder, because there has been times in our life when we have lived our life, we've made choices and decisions where our wants and our values were not aligned, and we've made mistakes in our life, we've created heartache and pain in our life, and we've wondered, am I really forgiven? Can God really forgive someone like me, and is Jesus really for me? I want to help you out with that today. If that's what you've been thinking, if that's what you've been wondering, can God really forgive someone like me? And is Jesus really for me? Today, I want us to tackle this issue. Now, we just entered a brand new year, 2022, which means that we just finished with the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And every year around this time of the year, I see people who are busy and excited and happy, but I also see other people around this time of the year as we're getting out of the holiday season and they're sad and they're exhausted and they're uncertain and they're tired and I'm concerned. I'm concerned about people giving up. I'm concerned about people feeling defeated. I'm concerned about people. I'm concerned about their heartache. I'm concerned about their feelings. I'm concerned about their relationships and I'm concerned about people believing that their battles are much, much stronger than they are. I'm concerned about people believing that their battles are much, much stronger than their faith. And I'm also very concerned that when people, those of you who may be listening right now, when your life is falling apart, that after that, you just don't know what to do. You don't know how to pick up the pieces and put your life and your heart and your relationships and your faith back together again. And so the main reason that I wanted to do this series is because when our life is in pieces, when our life is broken, when our life is puzzling, and when our life is falling apart, what do we do then? How can we pick up the pieces of our life and go forward from there? And the first step is always making sure that our wants and our values are aligned. Life can be a puzzle sometimes. While some parts of our life are going pretty good, some parts of our life are pretty peaceful and they're pretty joyful and they're not all chaotic. And then there are other parts of our life that are dark and broken and very confusing. And so sometimes our life feels like a puzzle. It's just in different pieces. And so we pointed this out. 
The only way to correctly put a puzzle together is if you know what the final picture of the puzzle is supposed to look like, and it usually comes on the front of the box. This is your guide. This is your pathway. This is your destination. You know what the final picture of the puzzle is supposed to look like, and that final picture helps you know where to put the pieces back together again. And in the same way, the same is true for our life. If you don't know what your life is supposed to look like, then you're never going to know how to pick up the pieces of your life when life is falling apart and when life is puzzling and to put them back together again. And so we have to understand that this was the final picture of our life that we pointed out during this series. You and I are supposed to live a life of love, peace, joy, purpose, and being Christ-like. At the end of the day, we are people who follow Jesus in our life should look like this, love, joy, peace, purpose, and being Christ-like. And we should also be living a life where our wants and our values are aligned, where they're not different pieces to the puzzle of our life, but our wants and our values are the same piece to the puzzle of our life. And so when we live this way, now we have direction. Now we have a destination to work towards as we're rebuilding our life and reassembling our life and picking up the pieces of the chaos of our life and putting it back together again. Now we know where we're going. We're pursuing a life of purpose, love, joy, peace with others and being like Jesus. This will help us stay focused when all chaos breaks loose in our life. But that's not all I'm concerned about. There's something else that concerns me and this is what it is. I'm concerned that so many people have been given this overall picture of God that's just not real and it's just not true and I'm concerned that people were given the wrong picture of Jesus and the wrong vision of Jesus. And so many people are living this tortured life because the picture of God they were given a long time ago was not a good picture of a good God. We have this picture of God in our life that makes us feel like our mistakes and our past and our failures and our sins and our temptations have pushed God away from us. Some of you listening right now are having the hardest time putting your life back together. And the reason why is because you think that you've done something in your life and in your past that has pushed God away from you. And so you feel constant fear and constant turmoil and constant shame. And you need to know that that's not God. And that's not the correct picture. And that's not the correct vision of Jesus that we should have in our heart. You know, as a pastor, I hear so many stories and I have tried to walk with people through some of the most painful experiences of their life. And so every now and then, when I get a chance to have a break, I take it. When I get a chance just to detach and just to release all the chaos that's going on in my life and just get away from all the busyness and just rest, I do that. And sometimes these getaways are forced on me, like when we have to evacuate for a hurricane, something like that. That's a getaway that's forced on me, but I always take advantage of it. Well, several years ago, I had to spend about eight days in the hospital, and so I thought, well, while I'm in the hospital for over a week, I might as well take advantage of it. I might as well rest and recoup and focus and pray and try to seek God. There's no funerals while I'm in here. There's no weddings while I'm in here. There's no counseling sessions while I'm in here. There's no paperwork while I'm in here. There's no writing Bible studies or messages while I'm in here. I can just rest. And then on the second to last day, one of the male nurses who had been watching after me all week came into the room and he looked troubled. My first thought was, man, uh uh-oh, this guy's about to give me some bad news. Like he's about to tell me I'm going to have to have brain surgery or something like that. But I could tell that something was bothering him. And so I asked his everything okay? And he said, you're a pastor, right? And I said, yes, sir, I'm, I'm a pastor. He said, do you think you have a few minutes? I just want to sit down and talk to you about some things going on in my life. And I got to be honest with you, after spending seven days at this time in the hospital, I just wasn't in the right frame of mind because of the hospital stay. To stay focused to the point past my pain 
where I could hear about someone else's struggles and be focused enough to give them good advice. But then I thought, since he's giving, giving me my food and my IVs and my shots and my medicine and checking my vitals and all that kind of stuff, I better be nice to him. So I said, sure, have a seat, man. Tell me what's ever on your heart. And so he does. He tells me this story of his life, and this is how it went. It's pretty painful. He'd went through a pretty painful divorce. The divorce was mostly his fault. He had gotten married very young to his wife. They had children in their late 20s, two children. But uh, he felt like later on in their marriage, he fell in love with somebody else. He met somebody else. He had a connection with someone else. He fell in love with someone else, so he thought. And this was the main reason that his marriage at the time ended in divorce because there came a time in his life when he put his wants before his values, when he put what he wanted right now before he valued and before, uh, how, before what he wants people to remember him when his life is over one day. And so he chose this relationship and his ex-wife, she moved on. She met a great guy. She was living her life. But the lady that he fell in love with while he was still married to his ex-wife, she decided that she didn't want to be in the relationship anymore, that she had tried it, that it wasn't for her. And it just crushed him. I mean, this, this, this person was his passion, and so he was devastated, and he just started to self-destruct after that. He developed bad habits and addictions and hatred and bitterness, and he was always angry. But most of all, he told me that he had felt like he messed up so bad that God couldn't forgive him, that he was, his words were past the point of no return. He hated going to church because it made him feel even worse. He felt like his choices was what pushed God away from him, and he was living in this this silent agony and, and fear and shame. And then he said this. He said, I've looked back on my life and I've broken it down piece by piece. He goes, and it all started when I started to look at this temptation and this opportunity and this want as being stronger than me. It made me feel like I wasn't pleasing to God, that this feeling and this uh, desire and this temptation was stronger. This battle was stronger than me, and it made me feel like God was just going to give up on me. And in that moment, this was the only thing that I could think to say in the hospital room, and I'm so glad that I said it. And this was all I said. I said, apologize to whoever you need to apologize to. Forgive whoever you need to forgive. Once you've done that, forgive yourself. Start over. Pick up the pieces because God loves you. He cried. We prayed. I never saw him again. But some of you listening right now feel the same way. You feel like your struggles, whatever they are, your giants, whatever they are, are stronger than you. They're bigger than you. They're more powerful than you. And that is what's caused God to be pushed away from your life. And it could be that you feel that way because you have this bad picture of who God is. You have this bad vision of who Jesus Christ is. So what does God look like? Well, let me show you. We pick up today in Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all of creation. So right here, the missionary says that Jesus is the visible picture of our invisible God, which means Jesus shows us exactly who God is. If you want to see God correctly, then you look at God through Jesus Christ. If you want to know how God is, how God loves, if you want to know about God's heart, if you want to know about God's forgiveness, if you want to know about God's service, if you want to know about God's compassion, then look at the life of Jesus. Jesus gives us the visible image of who God is and what God is like. Now, notice this about Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, and we pick up in verse 35. If you're still with me, 
Sam still with you. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, what does it say? He judged them, he corrected them, he shamed them, he pointed out to them the mistakes of their past and why they were in this situation. No, that's not what he did. It says that he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. He's the God of grace, mercy, love, forgiveness, new life, second chances, and compassion. Now, you and I, when it comes down to it, can be very loving. We can be very forgiving. We can be very accepting and very merciful and very gracious. We have loved people. We have forgiven people. We've had mercy on people through some of those painful times of our life. But you, we, we are not more loving and more forgiving and more merciful than God. God loves and God has compassion and he sees you as a person first before he ever sees your weaknesses. He sees your heart first before he sees your failures. He sees your pain first before he sees your past. He sees your feelings first before he sees your mistakes. Notice how verse 36 says that Jesus had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Now listen, anytime you feel confused, you're always going to feel helpless. But this crowd was not helpless because they were weak. This crowd was just helpless because they were confused. And why were they confused? Because they had no direction. They didn't know what the final picture of their life was supposed to look like. And that's why Jesus said they were like sheep without a shepherd and that's why he had compassion on them because they had no direction and they were confused. They didn't know how to pick up the pieces of their life because at that time, they didn't know what their life was supposed to look like. A life of peace, love, joy, purpose, being like Jesus. And what do we stay so confused about that makes us feel hopeless and helpless most of the time? Well, this is it. Remember this today. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. We start to believe that our battles and our temptations and our attacks are stronger than we are. And anytime you and I start to believe that, you feel confused and helpless and you feel like you have pushed God away. Has that ever been true about your life? Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 through 38. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now, you and I were taught growing up in church that right here, Jesus is asking for more workers to go out into the world and make more people into Christians. But that's not what he's doing right here. That's not the context of this story. In this story, Jesus is helping and healing broken and hurting people. And he's looking around at his disciples and he's wanting to know who else can he send out into the world where there's hurting and broken people so they can receive healing too in their hearts. See, you and I were led to think that the main thing God wants to do is turn us into a Christian. And many times not even a good one. But his love goes much, much deeper than that. He wants to help us. He wants to set us free. He wants to heal our hearts and heal our relationships. He wants to heal our emotions. He wants to give us joy and he wants to give us peace and purpose. Why? Because he has compassion on you and I, especially when we feel hopeless and helpless and confused and when it feels like our life is in pieces. So if there's one thing I could tell you today, one thing that can help us when life is puzzling and life is confusing and life hurts and life is in pieces, it's this, and remember this this morning. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. As long as you look at your battles as stronger than you, 
then you'll always have a cloud of excuses hanging over your life. When you get confused about the strength that you have in Jesus, then you'll always feel like you're making excuses to stay just the way you are and why you started to give into your wants above your values. But once you understand, I mean, once you really understand the truth, the truth that in Jesus, you're more than a conqueror, the truth that in Jesus, you're an overcomer, the truth that in Jesus, you can overcome because of your faith, the truth that in Jesus, you're a victorious child of God, the truth that in Jesus is that you're loved and that you're wanted and that you're held onto and that you're his heart, that you're his passion, that you're his intimacy and that you're his masterpiece. Once you understand that truth, then know that feeling and that past, that failure and that battle, that temptation and that habit, that bondage, and that weakness is not stronger than you, and it'll never be stronger than you. You are stronger than it, but if you never see that, then you'll always make an excuse to stay defeated, and none of us have to live that way. Now, if you ever want to put a puzzle together correctly, you need a few things. The second week, we talked about this, you need focus. Last week, we talked about this, you need patience. And one last thing I think we need today in order to effectively put a puzzle together is this, and remember this this morning, we need determination. A puzzle doesn't come together by accident. If you've ever put a puzzle together, you have to be determined to sit down and focus and patiently do it because if you're not determined, it's just not gonna come together by itself. And my life and your life will never rise above our excuses by accident. It'll never rise above our weaknesses. It'll never rise above our battles. It'll never rise above our bondages and confusion by accident. If it's gonna happen, you must be focused, patient, determined. Focused, patient, and determined. Determined to live a life of peace, love, joy, purpose, and being like Jesus, which is what the final picture of our life should look like. And when we do this, the pieces of our life start to come back together. In this life, if anything's ever going to change, we need faith. We need belief. I believe I'm better than this. I believe I'm stronger than this. I believe I can overcome this. I believe I can put the pieces of my life the puzzling pieces of my life back together again and then determination. I believe it and then I'll start right now. Zero excuses. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you back next week. Hope you have a wonderful week.